in this episode of the Range Minded Podcast, I go through my list of five things to consider if you're planning on carrying a gun, for defense anyways. So take a listen. It's just a short episode and tell me what you think. Thanks, guys. Hey, gang, what's up? This is Steve. Welcome back to the Range Minded Podcast. I came up with just a short episode of something I was thinking about over the weekend. So um, if you didn't know, Nick and I were hanging out. We did an Instagram Live, and we were going to use that audio, but it only captured, for some reason, it only captured 29 minutes and 59 seconds of the audio, and we were having so much fun that I didn't notice, and I lost probably another 30 to 40 minutes of of the show. Anyway, nonetheless, here we are. Uh, while I was in Boise, though, I hit Independence, and I was looking around. I didn't buy any guns this time. Lucky me, or lucky, yeah, probably lucky me, so my wife didn't have to ground me. Um, I did go somewhere else that we can talk about maybe a little later on as we talk about some of the stuff that I'm thinking of. And you're probably wondering, are you ever going to get to what you want to talk about? And yes, yes, we are right now. So <clears throat> I recently bought, well, while I was over there, I bought a new gun belt for carrying appendix. This, this belt was designed specifically for carrying appendix. And it made me wonder about some of the new gun owners, because we have millions and millions of new gun owners out there. Um, first time gun buyers, a lot of new ladies carrying so I wondered, what is their stresses, or what maybe your stresses, as you're looking uh, as you're looking to um, start carrying a firearm daily? So that's exactly what I I came up with: is five things you should consider before making the jump of carrying a firearm every day. So let's go right into it. Okay, very first thing is is we got to decide, or you should decide, and maybe you already have. But you really need to decide what gun uh, is the gun for you. Now, there's a lot of different ways to go about this. If you've decided it's a gun to carry with you on your person and not in a bag or not in your car, because those can make uh, make the choice a little bit different. But if it's a gun you're going to be carrying personally with you, um, you need to understand that there's not one gun that fits everybody that it just everybody's different it's a personal choice honestly buying a gun is like finding your favorite pair of shoes uh, at the shoe store or even buying underwear that's comfortable that's that's how personal this decision is so you need to go to a range you need to maybe talk to your friends first sometimes that's not the best um avenue because sometimes as friends we try to encourage other people to buy guns that we like not that something that you might like. So, but you can still, if, if your friends, you have friends that maybe have a, a few different firearms, talk to them. Maybe they'll take you shooting. They'll give you a chance to get a few different guns in your hand to see how they feel. Go to the range and shoot them. The other option is to go to a range like Independence uh, Indoor Shooting in Meridian and uh, and rent firearms. And there are other ranges like that all over the country where you can rent several different types of firearms. You can shoot different ones. I recommend also, and this is really isn't in my list, but something I just thought about, is maybe spending some time with a, a competent instructor at those ranges 
tell them what your what your intent is that you're there looking for a gun to carry um and and they can give you some insight maybe you should pay for some money for uh, a, a private lesson i doubt you'd need more than an hour honestly at least that first visit because for new shooters it can be tough to shoot for more than an hour you, you'll, you'll get fatigued i promise anyway so go to the range rent a few guns see which one fits you the best okay once you've made that decision who maybe i should throw another qualifier in there some guns are expensive and um Maybe that's a financial leap that would be tough for you. So buy the gun that uh, that bets fits you as well as your pocketbook. Uh, you're going to find out that uh, once you get to the range that there's a reason why some of those guns are less expensive. You also need to understand, and we have talked about this before, that smaller guns are nice to carry but it usually takes a little bit more skill in handling the recoil uh, and maybe even some of the function controls of those smaller handguns because they take a little bit more um, experience and expertise. I guess that's the same thing to really handle and manipulate those firearms in a way that's beneficial. Yes, they are nice to carry, but where the controls may be smaller, the recoil is going to be greater because there's less mass of the gun to absorb that energy so our hands have to absorb that energy just kind of think of high school um high school physics class right or science class when they talk about uh motions in uh, objects in motion tend to stay in motion until acted on by another force our hands are that other force and so if the the gun is absorbing less energy because it's light we have to absorb that energy sorry that might that maybe that's too descriptive um so take your time picking out that firearm if you haven't yet. It is a big choice. It can be a big financial choice. The other thing you got to think about is depending on what gun you picked, maybe that ammunition is a little bit more expensive than others. And and I'm going to be straight up with you here too. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to tell you that you need something big and massive. You need a 45. You need a 357 Magnum. You need something large to stop a bad guy and that is not the case anymore maybe years ago when ammunition was um, oh, i was gonna say substandard but that's not the case ammunition's changed a lot in in the last even five years a nine millimeter with a good bullet is going to be effective and recoils a little bit better Ammo tends to be a little cheaper. You can carry more ammunition in a magazine. Um, I prefer 9 mil. Some people prefer a larger caliber, and that's fine. I would kind of avoid anything smaller than 380, especially through the wintertime. If you live somewhere cold, you got to think about layers of clothing that the bad guy could be wearing. Or, or maybe even you're just hiking up in the woods. Um, if that's the case, I wouldn't probably go for 9mm. I would go for something a little bit better, or bigger, sorry. Um, but anything is better than nothing. Uh, I've talked to people, you know, on the sales floor where they're saying, well, I carry a 357 Magnum, but it's not with them. It might be in the glove box of their truck or they leave it home. Then they're really not carrying it and the gun is doing no good. So buy something that you're willing to carry that you can afford 
and that the ammunition is reasonable enough for you to train with. So that's that's the number one thing on my list is picking the right gun for you. All right. The the second thing that is is uh, on my list, and for me it flowed. Maybe it doesn't make sense to you, but once you picked out that firearm, you need to be taking some classes, and not just like the basic handgun classes that every range and millions of instructors are teaching. It's a basic class. It's like um, going to going to school and learning addition. Sure, you can start adding bigger numbers, but it's still addition. It's basic. That's what a basic handgun class is. They're going to teach you very basic skills. They're not going to teach you how to um, draw a holster or draw your firearm out of your holster. They're not going to teach you any kind of move and shoot, which honestly that really is a, a later on class anyways, at least it should be. They're not going to teach you... Um, Concealing cover type shooting, or, or, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you're not going to get in a basic handgun class, is what I'm getting to. So, find a, a good instructor. Maybe it's one of those instructors that you met with at the shooting range that you spent some time with. Go to one of their classes. You, it's okay to take a basic class. I'm not saying don't take the basic class, but don't stop at the basic class. You need to, you need to spend a lot of time, honestly. Take a basic class from two different instructors. You might learn something different. You'll learn two different perspectives anyways, or philosophies in some ways, even though the content may be the same. Once you get that basic class out of the way, then start taking some more advanced class. Work your way through the curriculum that they can teach you. And if um, the said range where you looked at that gun, maybe they don't have something that that uh, is at your level. Um, private classes are a good way for the instructor to judge your level and help you improve without being in a classroom setting. They can improve your skills because they're just focused on you and and they can get you a long ways. But at some point, that private instruction is going to be no good and you need to take another class. Find a class that uh, that challenges you and pushes you to the next level. You need to get to where if it's something you're going to carry... You need to get to a class that teaches you how to carry, how to draw from the holster, how to safely put that gun back in the holster. Uh, those are all are are all key points to carrying a gun. You need to be safe while carrying that gun, but you also need proficiency. And in those classes, hopefully, there is uh, some legal portion to help you understand your state laws or the city laws and municipal laws, and that's also on my list a little bit later. But it's important to understand that it's not just a 10-class lifestyle anymore. It's a lifelong journey. And there's always going to be an instructor out there that's got better information. You just have to find them. And you'll get to where, at least for me, and I know a lot of other gun owners... You'll want to take more classes. I know sometimes it's a financial strain. I get it because there's a lot of classes I want to take that are just expensive. And right now it's just tough between everything, you know, fuel and food and whatever. And I, and I totally understand that. But just understand that you shouldn't just stop three classes in and say that's good enough because it won't be. You really need to learn more. All right. Number three on my list is you need to make sure 
that you hit the range. Okay. Once you've taken these classes and each time you um, learn new skills, don't stop. Take those new skills to the range. Understand why those skills were there. Understand the philosophy behind what the instructor was teaching you. And implement those skills at the range. Maybe they can give you some drills. Those instructors can give you some drills on how to uh, how to perfect that skill at the range. Maybe you can think of some of your own drills to help you get better at the range. But you need to be going to the range. Um, there are, I don't mean to, stand, to, to, to talk disparagingly on law enforcement, but a lot of time those agencies only qualify maybe twice a year. So they're shooting two to 400 rounds a year of their own practice, which I think is insufficient. They're carrying a gun for a living. I think, like I say, up to 400 rounds in a year is not very good. If we're carrying a gun as a life-saving measure, we need to know what we can be proficient and that we can, um, let me put it this way, that our lowest level of skill isn't so low that... Uh, but it is substandard, if that makes any sense. So hit the range. Another thing you can do, and you'll have to go back a few episodes. I'm not going to get into my dry fire routine because we've talked about that a couple different times. So I'll look through those in some of our previous episodes. But dry fire practice. And there are specific things you need to do before you dry fire practice in your home. So that's what I'm saying. Go back and listen to, I don't remember what episode it was, but we talked about it more than one episode about what you should do for safe dry fire practice. But do it and do it often. It is proven. Some of the best competitive shooters out there, they dry fire 100,000 times a year, maybe more. And for any modern gun, without maybe a few exceptions, it's okay to dry fire. And you can even get dummy rounds to put in your gun if you're worried about your firing pin or whatever. But you need to be doing it. You need to be developing your skills. And the best thing is it is, is it's free. You can do it inside your home. You don't have to go to the range. You don't have to spend money on ammo. It doesn't cost you anything. But you need to make sure that you're doing it safely. Don't stop training at home or at the range or with an instructor. All right, we're already to number four. And this is where I came in with, with when I bought my gun belt. You need to find a quality holster belt combination there are who knows how many different kinds of holsters out there thousands maybe tens of thousands of different kinds of holsters some of them are made for specifically for your gun that you've chosen and there's others like nick just came out with a holster off tech industries that will fit multiple types of guns and honestly i put that holster in my hands i felt it i got a good look at it and it was better than I had expected. Now, that's not a sales pitch or anything. Once I got that holster in my hand, it sure felt better uh, than I expected. But you, it's important to find a good quality holster. Don't go to some big box store and find some um, nylon fits all gun holster for whatever, 20 bucks. That is a mistake. Those are garbage. I would not. Uh, I would not trust those with my life. Um, it's not worth it. You need to find a holster that will fit your gun comfortably, 
and secure it in there. So if you have to run or roll around or something that it's not going to fall out, it's, uh, it's important to get a good holster that fits. So like I say, I think Hoftech's new Omni carry holster is a great option. Not just because he's my friend, not because he's on the show, but I'm telling you that holster is, uh, is something that I'm really impressed with. And uh, we will be doing some videos and stuff on those so you can actually get a look at them and see how they work. But the holster is only half of the deal. You need to find a good quality belt. And I've tried a few different kinds. If you want a nice leather belt, um, and none of these are paid endorsements or anything. These are just things that I've I've seen and held in my hands. I just got the, I think it's the next belt for the appendix carry. And that's got a nice rigid interior of the belt so that belt's not going to flex you don't want a belt that when you put the holster on it starts to sag and sag and you get this funny crease in wherever position you're carrying and it doesn't really support the holster at all it's going to be uncomfortable you're going to find that you're going to have some kind of fatigue whether it's on your hip or appendix or whatever it's just not going to feel right it might feel good for a couple days but once that belt starts to give it's, it's just going to be uncomfortable. And there are, like I say, there's a lot of good gun belts out there in the market. Once you start this journey of finding a good combination or a specific holster that you like, you're going to end up with more than one holster for that specific gun. Those of us that have, have been playing this game for a while, you're going to see, or we notice anyways, that we end up having a tote with a bunch of different holsters, whether they be leather or or, or whatever, you're, you're going to have more than one holster. That's just part of the deal because you're learning what fits you. Again, this is just like picking the gun. This combination is going to be kind of a personal thing, and it may change. Not just how you carry or where you carry, but what you carry is going to change. And it might change seasonally. You might be willing to carry a, a little bit bigger frame in the wintertime because you're wearing some bulkier, bulkier clothes. Then in the summertime, when you want to wear board shorts and Hawaiian shirts, you're going to end up picking something that may be a little bit, uh, let's, a little bit smaller and easier to conceal. And each one of those guns may require a different method of, of carrying. Maybe not method, but um, a different setup. Gun belt, if you will, or whatever. Okay? Battle belt, whatever you want to call it. But you need to understand that you're going to end up buying more than one of each. It's just it's just the way it is. I've got several different kinds of gun belts. I've got some racing rig setups. I've got some different uh, like concealed carry type belts. It's just going to change. It, it, it's just the way it is. You're going to have more than one. All right. So you've made it all the way to number five. Okay. And this is, this is something that I think is super important. And... And it's really the purpose of the show in the long run. Okay. You need to commit to the lifestyle. What do I mean by that? Carrying a gun is a lifestyle change. You might feel a little different. Now, well, you might feel different when you start carrying anyways. And maybe you disagree with me too. Maybe you think that I'm thinking way too much into this. Once you've made the choice to carry a gun your whole decision-making strategy has to change. How you interact with people, 
uh, in your drive to work or at the mall or at the grocery store, that all has to change. You need to be polite. You need to be a different person. You need to be a law-abiding citizen. You need to understand the laws in your cities or in your in your counties or in your states. Because sometimes, depending where you live, they could be different from city to city, county to county. They're definitely different from state to state. You need to know and understand those. Because ignorance is no excuse. You you can't claim ignorance if if you didn't understand the law and you get arrested or something might happen. You can't say you didn't know. In fact, that probably will make it worse. Being a good steward of the Second Amendment is you're willing to make a commitment and you're willing to change. The other thing you need to understand is that carrying a gun or even owning a gun is not abnormal. There is a huge push from the anti-gun crowd to make us gun-toting Americans into extremists or anti-democracy crazy people we're not good law-abiding citizens that carry guns are normal people there are over a hundred million gun owners in the united states not all not all of them carry some of them may open carry which i mean whatever that's whatever you want to do i prefer stealth over over overtness, I guess. Is that the right word? But it is a lifestyle change. It may even mean changing the way you dress. Now, there's a lot more, a lot better, a lot more better. <laughs> That's not the right phrase, is it? There are some good apparel choices now. Back in the day, t- 10 years ago, it, there wasn't a lot of options for, as far as concealed carry clothing conducive concealed carry clothing but there's a lot of new um, stuff coming out all the time especially for the lady shooters there's there's a lot of options for for women now before it was sorry you're gonna have to wear tactical cargo pants and and a polo and just stick out like a sore thumb but that's not that way anymore but sometimes you might still have to make some kind of a change in how you dress But again, you need to understand that in America, where you can legally own and in most states legally carry, it's normal. We're not a bunch of freaks. We're not weirdos. No matter what the media is going to try and push, no matter what crazy branches of the government might say, we're not extremists. We're not domestic terrorists. We're normal, everyday Americans that take our kids to soccer practice. Practice. We go to work. We, we go to the store. We're just everyday people. The only difference is, is we're making a choice to not be a victim. We're making a choice to understand the laws in our area. We're making the choice to protect our families and our communities. We're making the choice to not overreact if somebody cuts us off or if somebody swears at us or whatever. We're trying to be better, better citizens, better neighbors. That's what gun owners should be. 
And to you listeners out there that just started carrying or maybe are thinking about carrying or maybe hate guns altogether, you need to understand that that is the purpose of the American gun owner. We don't want to be a victim. Maybe some of the classes that we take or whatever, maybe maybe they seem a little crazy to some of you out there. And I've had classes where I've taught where people felt uncomfortable about some of the ramifications of caring. And that's fine. It, that choice isn't for everybody. But for an increasingly growing number in the United States, that is an option that they want. Despite what the media is telling you, it is becoming more and more normal. Younger people are, are choosing to buy firearms. Not like grade school kids. That's not what I mean. But like the millennials and what's the Gen Z? Is that the next group coming up? Where they're getting old enough to purchase firearms. They're seeing the chaos in the streets, in the neighborhoods or whatever. And they don't want to be victims. But maybe they don't know what to do next. And that's why I wanted to create this list. Even if you're not planning on carrying a gun, maybe you're carrying a knife. Maybe you're carrying pepper spray. These same five things will apply. They will. They don't have to be just for a gun. You need to know the laws if you're carrying a knife or pepper spray or a taser because we're using force to defend ourselves. And there are certain laws that can get us in trouble if we do not understand them. Or if we choose not to know them, they could put us in a lot of jeopardy. So friends, that's my short list of five things that you should consider uh, if, you, if you're deciding to carry a firearm. If you think I missed something in this list or you think maybe I should have added more things to the list or maybe taken some things off or made any changes whatsoever, feel free to email me. You can email us at rangeminded at gmail.com or I'll even put a little question in, in uh, if you're listening on Anchor. There's a way to take a, a little survey or whatever. We we really appreciate your time that you, you spend with us. We, we understand that your time is precious. Our time is precious too. We all have full-time jobs here and we work for a living. This is just something that we're passionate about, that we love to talk about, and that we want to share with those around us. Our goal is to make this area, this, well, our state, Idaho, it's already pretty awesome, but we want your state to be awesome too. That, that's that's all we want, is to have peace and freedom once again. And it And it can be done. We just got to think about each other more often. Anyways, thanks for listening to this episode. And we hope to hear you, hear you. No, we hope you to hear me. <laughs> Whatever. It's like midnight when I'm recording this. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate you. And uh, hey, make sure you take somebody shooting. Hey gang, thanks for hanging out for this episode of the Range Minded Podcast. We really do appreciate the amount of time that you spend with us. We think it's awesome. If you have any questions or concerns or maybe an idea for a guest or a specific topic, go ahead and email us at rangeminded at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you like what you heard, go ahead and give us a good like and share because we want to really grow the community. After all, we are 
stewards of the Second Amendment. Anyways, we hope to see you here again next time. Peace out.